trending insurrection. I'll give you a prime example. There was a guy, there was a guy in a Lamborghini. This is, and I saw the video. Right. And it said, police officers stop the wrong Lamborghini owner. Okay. So, <laughs> he's in, I think he's in Oklahoma, I believe it. And he's riding a Lamborghini. And the, and the police officer stops him and says, Hi, Patrolman said, Excuse me, sir. Uh huh. You do not have uh, a license plate on your vehicle. And he says, Well, sir, I can show you my papers. And here's my license plate and registration, but it's licensed in another car. I have a, uh, I have permission from the government to drive my. I'm on vacation. I wanted to drive my Lamborghini here, so I had it shipped here so I could drive it. And here's my paperwork. And the cop said, "No, you can't do that. That's impossible." And the guy said, "He said I'm from Dubai. Are you telling me you don't know your own laws? Here, here's the paperwork. I'm showing you the paperwork." He said, "You're confused." Sir, I'm not confused. <laughs> he said, this is being videotaped. He said, I'm not confused. He said, yes, you are, sir. Here's a paperwork. Where's your license and insurance? He said, it's written on the paperwork. Look below. It says license and insurance. But it's not registered in the state. I understand that, sir. But when, but he, he didn't say that. But he, what he should have said was, poor people wouldn't understand this. But when you're really rich, you can ship your car and have it and, and legally drive it in any country of the world you want to and not have to change your plates. But he didn't say that. He was polite. He just said, look in the paperwork. He says, I'm not from this country. You're telling me you don't know your own country's laws? Here, look at it. It's from the federal government. And it was really funny. And the police officer said, after a while, he, he looked at the paperwork. He went back to his car. He said, I have another call. I have to go. And the guy just left. But the point is... You know what's funny is I've had that. I have another call. I have to go. And then the officer sat back there and didn't go quickly. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you get another call. And what was funny was the guy was wearing a sweatsuit mm -hmm. and a pair of jeans. Right. I can guarantee you almost that were he wearing a suit and tie. No, no, no. The he, full desert garb. He should have had the the, the long robe. He looks like a sheik. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he would probably either that a suit or tie, or if he had it looked like a sheik, uh -huh. he would have probably said, "Oh, you're a sheik." Okay, let me <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, you have clearly so much money have, that our laws don't matter anymore. Our laws don't matter anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but you're right. He didn't have the right uniform. So, so my point is that even him, even he who had lots of money. Uh, the fact is that were he in uniform, he would mm -hmm. have been treated, he would have gotten past the call much quicker. And that's, you. so I would say, listen, if you are a minority or very tall, if you're a very tall person, I don't care who you are, um, you need to compensate for your, your difference. Now, a lot of tall men who are involved in sales will purposely drop papers on the ground and pick them up to, to appear less than menacing. Um, a lot, and, and it works for them. It's a technique that they use. Uh, a lot of people who are, because you know, tall men can be menacing to other people, especially if you're tall and large. <laughs> and, and, you know, so if you're tall and large- I've had people, a few experiences with that. Yeah, and, and so they, they, they do things to compensate for their strength if you're tall large you know one of them was a manager at the gym that i go to 
what you know basically uh assistant manager right he uh he he told the um the corporate folks that he felt threatened when i was asking for the corporate number I'm like <laughs> if i wanted to if i wanted to beat you up i'd just do it right i wouldn't ask for the corporate number to call and, and complain about wait, your nonsense wait wait yeah you, you, are, are you threatening people dave i was not threatening anyone are you threatening people I dave? what did, did not you do tell, i want to hear the whole story now now you have to tell us the whole story Please, Dave, un let's unpack this, and we'll tell you where you might have gone Oh, wrong. it was just... Was it when you slapped him that he felt that threatened? Or, was <laughs> it, or, or when you jumped in his face? I didn't I didn't do any of that. Okay, well, um, did, did you shake him, Dave? Tell no, the truth. No, no. Shame the devil. Did you shake him? So they're they're walking in. You know, it's, it's, it's a pretty constant situation that they deal with where they are, you know, it's at the end of the night, and they're trying to get people out. And... Um, they're telling us that uh, you know we have stayed overstayed and you have to leave at 11 and it's 11:05 or whatever and i was like okay listen i got to point out to you something you see the that clock in there where i was just swimming in the pool what does it say right now well it says like 3 to 11 yeah exactly so if i'm going by that clock in there to try to determine when i'm going to get out of the pool and and come in here then clearly you should set that clock forward so I know when to get out and, and not have it be the wrong time. And he's like the only clock that was the right time was the one in the locker room. Yeah. Right. So and then I pointed out that also their announcements that come over the intercom don't go into the pool because they have no intercom in the pool. This is a common situation in all of these. There's only one chain of uh, workout joints that has a pool at every single location. Yeah. So if you know what that is, then that's the place. But anyway, point is, I was pointing out to him that everything he was upset about was his own mismanagement of the store that he is the assistant manager of. And then I pointed out to him a couple of other issues that I'd been having, and he's like, oh, we don't control that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, it's all over somewhere else. I'm like, okay, so you have absolutely no authority to fix anything here. That's great. You are the worst assistant manager I've ever had to talk to. I would like the corporate number, please. And then when I did that, all of a sudden, I'm threatening him. Well, I kind of was threatening him because I'm going to call the corporate number. And that is a threat to his job because he was inept at that particular activity. Anyway. Okay, so so I want to unpack that a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, you keep saying unpack that. That's all there is to it. You told <laughs> him that he was wrong. Uh-huh. You wouldn't leave the joint. All he wanted to do was go home. I was trying my best to leave, and he was actually he was he was he, he was keeping you, me from you leaving. You pointed about out a bunch of other stuff that he didn't that he didn't like that he did. And mm -hmm. He was charged with. Okay. And then after you abused him, I piled on. Accused a little bit. him. Sure. Dog pile. You you probably had witnesses too. Oh yeah, yeah. There was lots of witnesses. Yeah, and so so in front of all these people, you hurt his feelings. And then to make mad, you told him that you're an idiot, sir. You can't even fix the clock. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you call him an idiot, basic meta message. You didn't say it, but you're, you know, you you can't even fix the clock. Then you call him an in that manager, meta message, or did you actually say you're the worst manager I've ever spoken to? No, I didn't actually say that. Okay, good. That was the, that would have been bad. I said I did. I think I said that it's unacceptable that every time 
I bring that you know I, I really find it unacceptable that every time we bring something forward that's not working well that you tell us you have no control over it and then are upset you know about the fact that we stayed according to one clock instead of the other clock I mean okay so then so yeah so I think you had a you had an axe to grind and well I mean to be fair how tall is he had he's pretty tall himself how tall was he uh, he was he was probably about six. I mean, and how tall are you? Six foot four. Okay. And how much did he weigh? Uh, he looked like he worked out. Okay. I mean, he's the manager of a gym. So you're, but did you you you're, but you look stronger than him. Do you do? Do you look stronger than him, Dave? No, actually, he kind of looks stronger than me. I thought. Okay. I mean, you know, just barely. But <laughs> he said just barely. <laughs> he was he was kind of a stockier guy. Okay, so. So you intimidated this poor, this poor middle management schmuck. Okay, uh, I'll I'll accept those wording, <laughs> that wording. And okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you gotta you, realize. Then you threaten. No, 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 no. Then you threaten to call. His well, let me put it this way. It. Let me put it this way because I deal. I, I do, um, customer service. Go like on. that's my bailiwick. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. And this guy had no customer service skills at all. He comes in. It's the end of the day. He starts yelling at his customers who then say, hey, by the way, this is really your fault. So stop yelling at us because you're the idiot who can't fix this stuff. Well, that was the first thing he did wrong. You never yell at your customers. Right. Well, and this is what I'm saying. And then and I didn't even start with him. Right. So it was actually somebody else who started pointing out the flaws and problems with this particular area. And you joined in. No, no, no. I waited till that was done. And then I asked one question. And then um, after asking the one question, I said, well, let, let me, do you have uh, the corporate number? Because I'd like to call them. You're telling me that you can't do any of this. I'd like to call the corporation, uh, you know, at corporate and put in these complaints and, and have them. And so I did actually later call corporate and I was told that he lied about everything. Everything that we were talking about, he has the ability to make it better and to do stuff about. But, you know, basically he didn't want to. Did you hear anything back after that incident? Oh, I did. I did. Uh, he, I heard from corporate that he was basically lying about me and saying that I had threatened him. And I was like, I didn't threaten him. What did, what did okay, no. And, and the person on the call, I said, okay, no, no, stop. Tell me what did I say that was threatening I asked him for the corporate number, right? You know that I asked him for the corporate number because I wanted to complain. That is not a threat at all. So, and, and it was, uh, you know, he said I threatened him, but he didn't give any details on that threat. And I was able to make the point very clearly with the corporate um, people that I was talking to that, in fact, that was a lie because... I had asked for the corporate number and that's why he went and decided to lie about me. And that was unacceptable in my view. Like that's just not okay for for somebody to try to do that. And I mean, I had just shelled out like a couple thousand dollars basically. I bought a three year um, contract with this corporation, with this, uh, this particular gym and uh, spent quite a bit on other services that they offer. And then I've got a, a problem like this and they're defending him when it's clear that he was lying and how did that how was that resolved friend um they basically said okay well we're we're gonna handle it and then nothing changed 
they just they didn't refund a part of your money oh no they didn't refund anything absolutely not i wasn't really looking for a refund i was just looking for the service and and so yeah it was it was it was not and and one of the reasons i'm not uh saying who the gym was because they were terrible and i i don't think that they should get any uh any advertising here that's very interesting. Customer service is really important. Have you found what's the what's the worst customer service you've ever received? Uh, that was it. <laughs> I mean, was that really? That was it. Like, That's it. I. You lived a golden life, my friend. I no no. The guy actually told me that he'd banned me from the store, and, and that was uh, so he he told me that I couldn't come back, and that was one of the reasons I contacted the corporate office, and it was it took me two days to contact them because it was a weekend, right? And when I called them, I was irate. I was like, I just paid this much money, and he told me I can't come back to the store. Can you, could you get your money back? I could not get my... Well, no, okay, so the way that conversation went down is they told me that he didn't have the authority to tell me I couldn't come back. Only the manager has the authority to do that, and that he wasn't the manager. Well, wait, wait, but even if the manager did, can you get your money back? Well, I'm, I'm sure that I would get my money back one way or another from that i mean (laughs) and you said you weren't menacing (laughs) (laughs) i just (laughs) so generally they do not give money back they are absolute um iron-fisted they get your money they keep it period i mean that's what gyms are like though so but they told you you couldn't come well, I couldn't come back to that store. So he wasn't actually even telling me I couldn't go to other stores. There's something like 15 stores in the area or 15 gyms in the area. Okay. Well, never mind. Uh, he just happens to be the, the dirt bag at the closest of the gyms. Okay. I understand. I so, understand. Well, well. And they all have pools. So it's not like I couldn't go and swim somewhere else. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I, you know, wow, wow. I was and that was literally the worst cust- that is the worst what? customer what? service story that you can tell me. I think so. Um you maybe I'm a, forgetting something. You've lived a I've had life. I've had bad customer service, oh, but man. never with that level of money, right? I mean, when I if I've ever spent more than $1000 somewhere, I have been treated like gold. You know, it but I spent a couple thousand there and this guy decided to treat me like that he didn't know how much i'd spent he had no idea that i'd spent that much money that's part of the problem i think i mean if i'm you know spending that much money and i am showing up in workout clothes and the manager doesn't like okay who spent over a thousand dollars he doesn't know so Mm. and he he well i mean not that i think spending over a thousand dollars should get me special treatment but, I mean, if you're a business, then, yeah, it should. I believe <laughs> that if you spend over... I certain, think 600 is the is it, the number. If they see you, not even if they, you spend, if they see you consistently. I will say this. I get preferential, preferential treatment when I am friendly. Uh-huh. I find that that happens if I ask people about their lives sure if i spend time with them oftentimes in grocery stores or other places they'll cut me some slack sometimes i mean i remember a couple of times i'd forgotten i'd forgotten to bring something to pick something out of my my bag and i didn't have my receipt you know what one time i forgot my money 
at Chipotle. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm just going to go to the car real quick and get it. And he's like, no, 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 sir, sir, sir. You can just go ahead. Go ahead. We'll let you. We'll let you. I'm like, really? Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I was dressed like I had just come from the gym. So maybe they just thought I was poor. But, I mean, they gave me the food. That happened to me. <laughs> at, that happened to me at In-N-Out <clears throat> Burger in, New, in California. I never, I've never forgotten that. Mm. That happened to me at, <clears throat> I forgot where else it happened to me. That happened to me a couple of places where there, where I just had to go to my wallet. I said, no, 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 no. Uh, one place they said, oh, your money's not good here. Just go, go take it and just leave. Um, they, I've been treated really, really well. But I mean, that's because I would say that's because I'm nice to people. I, I'm, I'm a nice person. I try to be nice. Sure. And I don't treat people like they're servants. Uh-huh. Like a lot of people do when people serve them. I try to be respectful. I actually, uh, one thing I'll say this, I know the guy. I, kn- I kind of knew the guy. Yeah. Because I had talked to him. Um, and I'd been through the line a couple of times and, and I'd always been nice to that guy. So there might have been something like that in play. But I mean, yeah. ultimately, they were actually being nice to me that day. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, when you when you when people serve you, you sh- it is wise to treat them with the utmost respect and not just respect, but to personalize and humanize them. And I find that you will always be above, you will always be treated well because so many people, that's a date for me. Mm. That's, that's how I pick a date when I was doing that type of thing. <laughs> I would, I watched. Does your wife know? <laughs> that's why I said when I was. <laughs> I know, I know, but I just don't want to say it. doing that type I of thing. I said when it. I was, you know, I'm not doing that. It wasn't like last week. Well, I was looking around, you know, not that. And I said, you know, I why, why? He, that's how you speak to people, really? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I used to do I, it's one, one, I, one. Thank one. you. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are they? Uh, they, they, they speak to people. Uh, I'm watching how this person is talking to somebody who's helping, and I said, "That's how you speak to people. No home training." That's it. <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at them thinking. Is that how your mother raised you? Is that that's how your mother raised you? No respect. I mean, and I'm I'm thinking, I, I can't I can't believe it, sir. I am I am shocked at the abuse this woman is 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 heaping on this worker, and I just can't believe it. I said, and you have a boyfriend? I'm, I'm thinking, who would date you like that? I mean, who would? Who would? Who, why would you be with some? And, and a lot of these guys, man, they'll date because she because she looks nice or something. They'll date these evil, nasty women, not realizing that that's how she's gonna be with you. Vanity, vanity, vanity. You get older, that's how she's going to treat you, man. You get older and something happens to you where she can't, where 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 you can't take care of yourself. External beauty fades, but ugly on the inside is. Last forever. Ugly with a sense. <laughs> that woman was ugly with a sense of purpose. <laughs> she. I, was gonna, <laughs> I thought you were going to say sense of entitlement. <laughs> no, she was ugly. With a, oh man! And I watched the way people talk to people. You it, know, it, that's really interesting because I've actually um, noticed there's just a very few women in the world that um, I have noticed about them that they are just absolutely beautiful on the inside. It has been, I can think of three 
off the top of my four if you include Taylor Swift. I can think of three off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, you, you think of, you think of. I've seen many. I've seen many people in action, and there is nothing more beautiful than a person who treats others with respect I, and with respect and dignity, especially those who are doing menial tasks. I look for that as a sign of great of great character. When you can treat people around you well, no matter how much or what they're doing for you at the time, I think that I, I, I really I regard that high for me, especially if it's the opposite sex and I'm and and I'm either looking at you for somebody or looking at you when I was doing that type of thing as a potential mate I looked for that and I you know how you treat the poor how you treat those who are serving you how you treat even those who are said to be your enemies so so it wasn't last week we kept we no three four weeks ago no (laughs) no (laughs) oh no but I mean but actually I, I no I'll take that back I've spoken with a lot of, of women, and you know, because in my, in my job, I speak with women and men all the time, and I always think, oh man, I feel so sorry for your husband, is or your or your <laughs> wife, you know, is that, uh, is that what they have to deal with? Oh my! Is this you where you're w- trying to get me to come to uh, where <laughs> you work? <laughs> Have I got a girl for you? Uh, no, no, I mean, have man, you got a girl for me? <laughs> I'm working. There's one. I think there are one or two individuals who I think might be cool. Uh, one used to sing with, uh, with one used to sing <laughs> with a Broadway show. The other one used to, and these are all young sing. These are all single in their 20s 30s of course i would expect single well i have to say that you know i mean that they could be out of they could be transitioning out of something you know that's possible too listen listen anybody who's transitioning that's just off limits like i'm not interested anymore okay well they're transitioning out of something you know but you but know so not it, like that you know we're into something i mean but if you're transitioning period i'm just not that's a hard no you got a hard no. Okay, so I'm I'm transphobic. <laughs> well said, Please. sir. Well said. So you know, I, you know, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at how people, how, how people are reacting, and the the rules were different. I I believe that there were that years ago, there were a set of rules of engagement, they that 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 everybody worked with. You know, we had a set of rules, and and we would, and, and and we would live by these rules. And if we lived by those rules, we, we 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 were we could hang around polite society. Okay. So, and and I believe that somehow there's there if there. I'm the only one who read the book and everybody else has forgotten it. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 somehow. Have, have you ever been in a restaurant? I don't cook, so it's pretty much the only way I eat. Okay. But 
actually no because <laughs> I remember a time or two when you prepared a, a great meal. Okay, and, so technically, and you invited me, your brother, out to eat. Okay, so it was wonderful. Okay, so okay, to so eat, eat you. Okay, but okay, so you're in a restaurant. You ever seen this? You ever seen this? Uh huh. In a restaurant, and you had taken an order, ready to order. Right, right, right. And the waitress sit or waiter sits down in your booth. It's happened before. I, uh, I welcomed it. No. no. Are you paying for the meal? Is this what you do? Are you trying to pay? Are you saying that for? What, are, are you paying for the meal? Like, get out of the booth. I, I think the only time I, that a waitress sat in my booth, uh, it was it was a young lady that I had gone to see at that restaurant. Like I found out that she was working there, I went to see her, and she sat down, and I was like, "That's awesome." A friend, in other words. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking about a friend. <laughs> he sits in my booth. Well, it, we're, we're not chums. Oh, guys can't get away with it. We're, we're but not, girls can. We're not chums. No, oh, a, a, an attractive young lady, if she sits down in my booth with me, I'm not going to kick her out. No. no. No, she is just pandering for tips. Look. <laughs> Maybe she is, but it's going to work. <laughs> 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 She's pandering for tips. I'm not saying I, she isn't. I'm just saying that works. I, I, I don't know you. She does it because it works. What's wrong with people? I, I don't know you. Well, you can tell me you're sitting in the booth and starts talking, banging with. The, well, I like so and so. I said, well, well, you I, like you like me? Because if you if you tell you sit down in my booth and start telling me about the guy you like, I'm like, okay, get out, go. I go do. get my food. And, and they <laughs> start saying things like. Uh, I really like the so-and-so and so. I, I don't care what you like. <clears throat> well, I thought you were... I thought you wanted somebody who treats servers well. Oh. <laughs> you don't say you don't care. You just don't care what they like. No, you, you, you just know, don't tell them you don't care. I, I would... Well, I mean, at some point, you have to. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't ask for what you like. What I, what I need you to do... I don't believe... I even hate when people call me bro. Steak, medium well. Uh, I hate when people call me bro. <laughs> I know. I, I, you've, I, you've mentioned that. I hate that. Uh-huh, because you don't know why they're doing it. Uh, not even why they're doing it. It's the fact that since what, how have we crossed the line from customer to comrade? What, when did that line cross? I mean, I'm, I am not your comrade, sir. I'm a customer. Now I could understand if we have a relationship, and you know, some places I'll go, and I'll go for a long period of time, and we ask about their family, and you know, I'm, I have those relationships. I go to certain stores, and the people will hug me when I come in. You know, so those type of situations where I've become a little more than a customer, more of like a buddy, a more what I call a shopping pal. Does that make sense? So, so those situations, I don't mind. You know, that, that you call me, bro, not an issue because we have a relationship. But the first time you see me, hey, brother, I'm like, what, 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 wait, wait. Unless, unless we're at a biker's match, <laughs> a biker, you know, something like the bikers or some type of WrestleMania thing where there's a certain 
There's a certain ma- mantastic machismo in the air. Hey, brother. You know how could they do? That's how they talk to each other. Then that's kind of different. If I'm in a biker bar and they say, "Hey, brother, how are you doing, brother? I'm fine, brother." You know, I have no problem with that. But if I'm just a, a Publix <laughs> getting some rice or something, hey, brother. No. How have we become friends and pals? It is always sir or mister or I don't know your name, sir. Um, it's never, we never cross, never cross. But you can even say friend, hello friend. That's fine. But you, I don't know about that, I'm not your friend guy. Yeah, it's a polite thing. Like the Brits will say, we'll say things like love. I've had many women say, hey, darling, or, or, or honey, and they don't mean that I'm their darling or honey. <clears throat> it's just a way of talking. And I'm a, as a Brit, British person, I'll say, hello, love. And, and, and it doesn't mean that I'm in love with you. It just means that. Right. Uh, well, now you've, you've pointed out that someone's ob- objected to your use of the word love in the past. Oh, I was very, because she should have known better. She was raised under British rule. She was uh, it was an African woman who was raised under British rule. So she didn't. She doesn't like it. I said. Uh, I said. I so I gave her a pamphlet. I literally printed something <laughs> on the internet that said that said uh, Brits often say love to people. You, you know, my brother's uh, thing is he doesn't like to be called Dan. He's like, nope, it's Daniel. Because Daniel means God is my judge, but Dan just means judge. So he doesn't like that. Okay, that's fair. So, but anyway, my point is that people have different triggers and things that they like and they don't like. And generally speaking, with maybe one exception, I will, you know, call you what you want to be called or what your your preferred nickname is. And the, the exception is if you're a man and you want to be called by a woman's name, I'm not going to do it. Well, I mean, it's the, the, I, but the idea is my what gets my goat, so to speak, is that... When, when there should be, I believe, in a, in a certain sense of decorum. When I'm serving people that you, I know you exercise this every day because you do customer service. Uh, yeah. And so there's a certain decorum that you're supposed to treat customers with. Sure. So armed with that belief system, I believe that if I'm in a restaurant, you sitting in my booth is not part of that decorum. <laughs> well, you know, but the thing is, y- y- you're probably a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Stiff? Concerned about decorum from being British, right? It's not just that, love. Uh, <laughs> no, I, come, come on, bro. It's, you know, no, it's, no, no. it's not that. It's, I'm not your love guy. You see how you see I'm that? Not your, I'm not your bro, buddy. <laughs> and I'm not your buddy, pal. You see that? You see what I'm saying? This love, bro, buddy, I'm pal, d- <laughs> pet. Uh, uh, I'm doing. I'm doing the dude. Uh, uh, guy. I mean, all the things that we call people. Okay, that's fine. South Park parodied this in brilliantly. They had two characters who would go back and forth between, I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, pal. I'm not your pal, whatever. So they, and they would go around in a circle, right? About like the words they were calling each other. And it was, it was hilarious. But I mean, it was two guys who were, it was a skit anyway. But um, uh, maybe, no, maybe they were fighting in that particular episode. I don't even know. But the point is like, they did that already. They, they already parodied it. And uh, you know, it was, it was hilarious. But the thing is, I don't know. I just don't. 
So you like when the people come and sit, sit in the booth? It depends. With you no, 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 t- totally depends. And, and act like they know in the you, one, even in the though one, they've never met you before. No, no. But in the one t- case that I had, she was a friend. So. And I was totally okay with her sitting. Just okay with her sitting. You don't know this person. No, I knew the person. In fact, the only reason I was there was to see her. So for her sitting in the booth was just, um, it facilitated the purpose of the the evening. Okay, uh, yeah, I got that. That that makes sense. We're not talking about that. You know, my thing. It's not that I care about decorum because I, it, it's that. It's familiarity, though. And in, in a it, lot of languages, you have that um, difference in familiarity. And it's not necessarily built into the British language the way it is into, like, Spanish, for instance. But at the same time, it's built into the British tradition and the British uh, culture, I think, in much more of a way than it is in American culture. No, sir. No, sir. I believe the same rules apply. I, 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 um, I, I can't say... How will I say this? Well, some people not, not, not want gen- it, but not gentry. I, I, I'm not talking about gentry and lords and how you and, and the socioeconomic thing of being a lord and a lady and 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 uh, and that type and and things of that ilk. I'm just referring to common customer service norms. For instance, when someone comes into your shop, you usually greet them with a good afternoon or a how are you. Or, or if you need anything, I'll be glad to show you. I'm just talking about those. These are con- norms. Treating every customer as uh, with with a, a great deal of respect. It th- that the customer is always right. Um, treating every customer as if they they are to as if they were were spending millions with you, and so everybody gets treated extremely well. No, ma- no matter whether they spend a dollar with you or they spend a million dollars with you. You know, the funny thing is, my customers get that million dollar treatment all the time. That's, yeah. a, that's what they get. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that you didn't address me as Lord Lou or, or Sir. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that... I thought it was Duke. Uh, <laughs> Duke uh, of Lou. The, uh, the idea that with that familiarity... I have often find found that it, it it's usually followed by a decrease in proper customer service. I find in stores where they do not call me Mister or Sir or 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 whatever the proper moniker moniker is for a customer, they'll do a few things like curse in front of me, or yes. they'll or, or they'll do things like in other words, they've become so familiar. I get you. That that there is no long. I'm no longer a customer to be treated with a certain amount of respect. I think I'm now just some guy that doesn't matter anymore. I think that's fair. Um, in that uh, that customer service, um, you have to continue to respect clients in order to continue to provide the level of customer service. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because if I'm sitting in the booth with you. If I'm sitting in the booth with you, well, I mean, but take the take the example of the young ladies, right? Who are maybe, um, you know, your ringhouse girls or your your hooters girls, and the that you have a young guy, a young single guy that comes in there, they want more familiarity than professionalism. So there, it depends on your your atmosphere, I think, as well. Well, context. Yeah, and then also as a man. 
growing up with five sisters and who speaks to I believe that it's insulting and by the way this works all the time to assume that every man can be manipulated to give more money because of sexuality every man who didn't grow up with five sisters (laughs) i mean you're the outlier lou the world does not revolve around you in fact it pretty much revolves around people who are different from you in that particular respect there's i knew i was done when i said it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i'm not gonna let you go with that no i didn't think you were uh Uh, but it's just but i mean i mean you know I mean, I've had people who I do not like, who have insulted me, offer me sex. Well, they were trying and, to make up with you. And no, and they, make up sex is uh, no man. Here's pretty good. No man, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm not talking about the makeup sex is not good. I'm not talking about that because that could come back to bite me. No, what I'm saying, oh, I'm saying no man. I hear people does, start fights. That doesn't work on me because. Uh, because and I'll tell you why it doesn't work on me. It be, because I don't like sexual politics. Mm. I do not like the fact that you think that men are so weak, and we are, that men are so weak that all you have to do is show some pumps and a bump, a little cleavage and a little leg action, and I'll give you whatever you want. You know, or... Or you can shed a tear and and start crying and everything that you, I mean, and, and I know it does work. And I know that a lot of men fall for this. And I know that it works uh, all the time. And I, I get that. But I just don't like people thinking that they can get away with that. And You, it, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm a single guy. But one of the reasons, one of the reasons I, I think it might be single, none of those things that you just mentioned work on me, and in the in the respect that, you know, if I'm an, if I'm upset at somebody, and you know, a young lady, and I'm I'm telling her like this is the truth, this is what you did, this is why it's wrong, and you shouldn't be doing this, and it's not a quality that I'm looking for. Um, if she were to start crying. I would not be affected by that. I would I would stand there and say, okay, get out of your system. Let's go. There was, I, remember, <laughs> I remember one video. There's a guy, right? And this woman was bawling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy was simply, I know that you feel bad about this right now. And I understand that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He wasn't done. He wasn't done. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I know you feel really bad about this, but I'm sorry. That just cannot happen. This is not going to happen. Um, I'm not going. And it's because I don't want to go right now. I have a lot of things to do. And, and I hope you feel better about this later. But I am not going. And all the guys around him were looking at him. As if he were some type of god, you know, because <laughs> they had never seen any man stand up to that great barrage of tears 
and sadness before with a straight face. And that is true. How many women have gotten out of tickets because of a good sob story or or how many women have gotten another man fired because of a good sob story or or some other type of thing you know oh he threatened me i felt i felt um because of a good sob story oh because of a good i don't know how many how many have uh, been kicked off of social media for that so what were we, were we talking about smollett have we yeah yeah now you know how i know that we've talked about smollett before because i made the joke that smollett is redundant <laughs> no, no, we have never talked about him before. <laughs> we this, have never talked about him, huh? No, no. So, no. I, you know, small is like um, S M O L. Yeah. Is internet speak for small? It's like a cute little word that, you know, little girls use for small. And then et means a smaller version of itself, a smaller version of something. Wow. So, smallet is actually redundant. Wow. He's a little, little man. Wow. What could you. And this is a great segue back into crybabies. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> what? What do you think he was looking for? I think he was looking. He was looking for additional fame. He was already famous. He was already doing okay, and he just wanted to get. He's. See, the thing is, I think he was a C-lister. C-lister, maybe in some people's book he'd be a B-lister. Like if you watch the show, maybe you thought he was a B-lister. Like I've I've watched um, Breaking Bad, and of course I think that uh, Heisenberg is like an A-list celebrity at this point. So if I ever saw him, I'd shake his hand and say, "Hey, you know." Um, but if I guess if you if you watch it, maybe he was B-list for you. But for in my book, he was C-list at best, and. I think he wanted to jump up. He wanted to become an A-lister. And uh, I think there's a couple things keeping him from it, right? So, like, he's just not... I don't care about uh, Jesse Smollett in a couple of different ways. He's actually a rather attractive guy. So, I mean, he's attractive. He's got um, some acting chops. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in the show, but I saw him on Good Morning America, and that was uh, that was quite a performance. Um, you actually watched him on Good Morning America, and you didn't say anything to me. Uh, I yeah, I, I saw the video on the internet. Oh, Who, I mean, here's the thing: like, it was it was at the point where everybody knew it was fake. It was the point where the the Chicago PD had already kind of let it out that they didn't believe him, and then he was going on Good Morning America to kind of bolster it right so the problem is that you know he stayed away from specifics i mean that's one of the big things that he did he didn't talk specifically about certain specific things because he didn't know what the cops knew at the time so he didn't want to get himself in in deeper trouble than he was already in which was actually kind of smart but it shows consciousness of guilt i think and in my view um so i mean ultimately uh yeah, I just I have not been interested in this whole thing. I haven't wanted to talk about it, and just the fact that uh, he lied. I mean, he lied. He lied about getting attacked by uh, people because uh, you know he was. They were supposedly 
they hate his his race and his uh, the fact that he's a homosexual. I mean, that's that's what he was doing, and he why? was trying to. My question is why? Because he was looking around and he didn't see enough of that. He thinks that Trump supporters are racist, homophobes, and violent. And he's like, I haven't seen enough people get beat up for this. I haven't seen enough actual hate crimes. So I'm going to go ahead and fabricate one. And the thing is, like these these fabricated hate crimes are actually on the rise. And that's what I, what I was uh, saying earlier is that people are concerned because these fabricated hate crimes and, you know, 12-year-olds with their chalk are making their way into the FBI statistics on hate crimes. So, um, but he wanted... Ooh. He wanted to uh, do something um, <laughs> that would get noticed. He wanted to... Uh, that audio that we just heard will probably not be on the final thing. So if you're wondering what just happened, something loud played in my ear. Um, but he wanted to, he wanted to get noticed. He wanted, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's it, like, I felt it before. I know it's a human thing, right? You want a certain thing to be true. And you almost, it's almost like, um, a firefighter who's also an arsonist, right? It's like, I'm just sitting here. I'm bored. I want to put out a fire. Well, you know what? I'll go make a fire and then I'll get to go put it out. You know, that kind of thing. Like he wanted white America and Trump supporting America to be racist, homophobic um, people who would attack some random person on the on the street. And so he just said, all right, well, I'll make it happen. And then he had um, basically uh, two guys who had been associated with the show. Uh, he paid them to attack him. And also he... Apparently, this is this is what else the uh, police are saying um, is that he sent himself a like a wild uh, threatening letter, like like actually cut out of a magazine, like a freaking movie. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the kind of thing an actor would come up with. So he has, um, and, and they found <clears throat> apparently they found the magazines, right? So like, <laughs> oh no, they. <laughs> He didn't throw the magazines away. Uh, so anyway, um, they, uh, they found they found. Don't do not tell me he didn't throw the magazines away. Lots of evidence. I I don't. Don't do not tell me that. I'm, I not, I asked you not to tell me that. That's what I think. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent. But I know they found something, and and that's what I think it was. I I've, I watched a lot of this like two weeks ago. So famous people don't have these issues. They don't. Their money insulates them from most things. Well, he's not that rich. He's famous enough. He's famous. He's, he's, in, he's in the 200, 300,000 air, um, 400,000 air status. I mean, he he's famous enough. And people know him from Empire. Empire is watched by a lot of people. <laughs> There's he, no way possible anybody's going you to. Want, to you know, you have probably haven't heard this yet. But you know the guys that he hired to, uh, to beat him up? He paid him with a check. I saw that. <laughs> they actually have a copy of the check. Yes. Why <laughs> would you pay them with a check? Uh, because... Oh, you idiot. <laughs> idiot. Yeah. You know, don't, you're a movie star. Don't you know about... Haven't you seen this on television? Well... Don't you watch murder mystery shows? Yeah. Crime television? And then you never leave a trail of evidence. Well, here's the thing, though. Wait, like, there's more. Didn't you learn anything from Cohen and Trump? 
You never leave a trail of evidence. <laughs> you never leave checks lying around that you signed. That never makes any sense. You know what though? I've I've actually seen that Cohen check, and it's just a thirty thousand dollar check from Trump to Cohen, and it doesn't say like for paying off a porn star or anything. It's a check to the guy's lawyer. Like he's he's writing a check to his lawyer, and all of a sudden that's being used as evidence. Listen, he lied to Congress. Uh, some people say two times. Some people say six times. But everybody agrees that he lied to Congress. So, like, how are you going to go into Congress? This is your come-to-Jesus moment. This is your tell-all truth moment. And you tell more lies. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He was not lying. Or he was not telling the truth. He was telling us whatever was worse for Trump. And that's, that's the thing about all the lies that he's been caught in. He psychologically thinks that those statements that he made would make it worse for Trump. But I think, um, you know, uh, there's a, there's actually one of the Democrats that I kind of like respect a little bit. He was, um, uh, he was a civil rights activist, uh, during the sixties with Dr. Martin Luther King. Like he was, he was actually at the, uh, you know, at the walks, at the he he participated, um, that kind of thing. And I can't remember what his name is. It's not Wrangle. It's similar to that. But anyway, um, he told him, uh, told Cohen that he was gonna nail him to a cross if he was lying. And it, it turns out he was lying, uh, and he lied directly to that congressperson. And I think that that congressperson. Uh, is not going to take that line down. I think he is going to come after him. So we're going to see Cohen get charged with additional items for lying to Congress, I believe. And uh, that's not. Gonna, it's not going to go well for him. It, so nothing he said put a nail in the coffin on Trump. I mean, he he blew apart the whole Russian collusion thing, right? So he said, "Oh, there's no collusion with Russia." We, you know, that was that was nothing. But here's all this other stuff that you could possibly investigate. And then at the same time as he's doing that, he's lying to them um, about the things that, you know, basically like, did you ever seek a pardon? He says no. And then it turns out that he actually did have his attorney seek a pardon at one point, um, which is him seeking a pardon. So, I mean, there's 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 nothing there. And I, I wouldn't use Cohen or, or Trump as uh, examples of how to... I would, because there's a check. You never leave checks lying around. Yeah, don't you watch television? You know what the wildest theory You're I heard was? You're supposed to be a star. You don't watch television. I heard a wild theory that Trump might pardon Jesse Smollett in order to help heal the racial divide in this country. <sighs> You mean to tell me that you don't watch crime television? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out no, he, how you could be so... He makes it. You leave the check around? Actors are not you leave classically very intelligent. You, you I leave mean, the check around? How are you going to leave the check around? Have you how ever... You, how you, how are you, you going to leave the magazines well, around you, that you cut out? <laughs> how are you going to pay the... How, how else are you going to pay them? How, you cash the check. And you bring them cash. Well, and, and you you don't cash a check for the exact amount you give no. them either. You cash a check for like ten thousand dollars, and then you hand them. And you have, yeah, and then you hand them thirty five hundred. Yeah, and then you use the rest of the money for some. 
you you don't talk. That's just that's just spreading around money. So, but here's here's the thing. I'm, but, but there's more, please. There, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. There is Wait. more. Why? There's another thing that. Why? You gotta hear this. Okay, tell me. Go ahead. Okay, so he also left the noose around his neck. In other words, he said that these people put a noose around his neck, beat him up, and then he left it around his neck and his reasoning that he claimed was he wanted people to see it. Now, have you ever met, though, I mean, you you deal with, uh, you're a music director, you know, you deal with artists and musicians and actors all the time, right? Generally speaking, are they above average intelligence or no? I have met genius. <laughs> I've met many genius level, and I have met people who who are savants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in many way, many in between, and I will simply say this. Uh huh. How are you gonna pay people? beat you up who work on your television show well one of them did how can you how would you think that would but work let out? me ask you this how are you gonna pay he thought it was gonna be on camera and he got two black guys to beat him up in, in a supposedly racist motivated attack right like they weren't black guys they were I think Muslim or something no no well I mean their their skin color was black no I don't think they're black yeah, either they're black. No. Yes. No. Absolutely. They're not black. If you if you look up pictures of these guys, none of they're black and they're built like they're big dudes. And so the thing is, here's the thing: Jesse thought it was gonna be on camera. He had them beat him up in what he thought was the field of view of a traffic camera, but as it turns out, the traffic camera pointed the other direction. So that's why there's no video of this, right? Um, and he was—he thought he was about to get beaten up in full view of the cameras. So this is why he got actors to do it. Now they also—they bought face masks. So um, and and uh, but here's my question: I mean, part of the what he thought was the motivation, what he was claiming was the motivation of this attack, would have been racism. And how can that be if the two guys are black as well? And then if it's on camera, it's going to blow apart. Yeah, look at those two guys on the right. On the right there. Those are the guys. Now, you tell me they're not black. They're not black. What are they? They're tanned. <laughs> yeah, they, they spent a lot of time in the sun. They're super, super tanned. They've spent time in the sun. No, no. Listen. They spent time. These guys have family in Nigeria. English is not their first language. They spend time in the sun. I think they're actually they may actually be from Nigeria. They're wider than you. Uh they're wider. No, than I'm you. I know that's not the case. Bandosolay. Okay. They've used Bandosolay for years. <laughs> they're not orange. How can you use black guys to do a racially racially motivated attack on a black guy? It was, it was a casting problem. See, he's not a casting director. He's not a writer. He's just an actor. But this proves, I think, if anything is proven here, it's that Jesse obviously doesn't have the skills to branch out into other areas of Hollywood. 
right? He can't write, he can't direct, he can't cast. So, you know, and and he's obviously also not going to be technical director anytime soon because he couldn't get the camera pointed in the right direction. <laughs> I think that's uh that's great. No training, no foresight. That's right. No pre-thought, no planning. It was not um it was not a well-executed or well-planned or well anything. Well, I mean, there, it was just there's there's, it, there's more. Sure. There's what else? more to talk about. No, there isn't. Oh, yes. I don't know. You know what? I'm. There's more. <sighs> How did they get caught? Well. How can you get caught when you weren't even seen on camera? There was another camera that did capture them as they were leaving. They left separately. At least, they, at least he had that much foresight, right? The, the two gentlemen left by themselves. You but the saw thing their is, faces. But how can you pick them out of the? Oh, we didn't actually. It was the camera saw them from behind. So as they were walking away, so so they walked. All away. all How you could tell, caught? all you could tell is they were huge, and uh, you could kind of see their hands were not white. How were they caught? Um, that's a good question. They figured it out somehow. But they knew, but they knew um, that it was these two men, and at the time they were vacationing in Nigeria so what actually strung this along one of the reasons this took a while to actually what should we call it uh, investigate and come to fruition is that they had to wait for these guys to come back from Nigeria and they didn't want to spook them so they didn't let the press know that they had any ideas about this, right? So the press was all like, uh, you know, Jesse got attacked. And like this was this was kind of cool because the celebrities went out there and got to say everything that they believed about Trump and America and you know, they went out there and said all the terrible things about us. And then it turned out that they were completely wrong. And that was probably the only thing said, that I enjoyed. You said about us. Yeah, about mm. people who support Trump. You don't support Trump. Well, I, I do. You do not. You I, have said you're not necessarily supportive of Trump. You think he did some good stuff. He's done some great stuff. That's me supporting Trump. I also <laughs> voted for Trump. Uh, so, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, I supported him over Hillary. I'll tell you that much. Uh, what, do you, what do you want? So, anyway, my point is I'm not, like, the biggest fan of Trump, and I'll admit that. But I'm still basically on the Trump team. I'm for building the wall. I'm for, you know, uh, the things that he's doing uh, as far as the, whatchamacallit, the Supreme Court goes and, and the other courts. Um, you know, I'm for his court appointees mostly. Um, although I will say that if I were choosing, I would definitely choose a little bit differently, but um, they're not terrible as far as as far as that goes, they're pretty much in the mainstream for what judges are. Um, there's probably too many caveats here. I'm, I'm, I'm giving too many caveats to really come across as a real Trump supporter, but I do like the guy. I mean, I like him. I like what he's doing. I think he's been overall very positive for the country. I think he's fixed a lot of things. He's done a lot of really good stuff, especially the things that have been kind of less political and just about like reducing regulation. Uh, his um, administration has, for every regulation that they've 
inserted into uh, the regulatory system, they've removed two, right? So that is a really great thing that they've decided to do. So a, an overall reduction in regulation, but not like the, not just a deregulation, but a reduction in regulations, which is a good idea. Um, and, and there's been a lot of other good stuff that he's done. And actually recently he's been less bombastic. I think that's been a really great change and trend. Uh, you look at what he's done in North Korea. Um, and and don't get me wrong about this because we may never have a deal with North Korea, right? They may never totally denuclearize, but it doesn't matter anymore because they're no longer a threat, right? Instead of having a situation where, you know, the leader of North Korea is blustering because he thinks that Trump hates him, they got together and they now have a relationship. He's no longer concerned that Trump is going to have him assassinated. So he's not blustering with uh, his nuclear arsenal anymore. So this is a really great turn of events in the world, right? This is probably the best outcome that we could have actually hoped for in North Korea. Um, and, and still they're talking. They're, I mean, you know, he walked away from the table because he wasn't getting the deal he wanted, which is a great negotiating tactic. And then... You know, they're still negotiating behind the scenes. They're still trying to get things worked out. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. It doesn't matter at this point because Trump really solved the North Korea problem in a way that was totally different than how anybody thought you could solve the North Korea problem. So Trump has done a lot of good things. That was really good. How do you feel about the grounding of the flights? Well, I think that he is he's clearly not an engineer. So what he's doing is he's listening to his engineers. He's listening to people who um, have told him about things. And I think that, um, you know, he tweeted the other day that planes have become too complicated. And he's actually right about that. In other words, planes have gotten to the point where there's too much, there's almost too much technology involved in them. And um, now we're going to, so this is, I think, probably one of those uh, adaptive valley situations, right? So um, there's too much technology involved in the planes at the moment, and it makes them just a little bit less safe. But we're gonna reach a point where they're almost entirely automated and then they'll be more safe, which is, um, you know, but he, he tweeted out uh, something about, it's not okay for the, the um, it's not okay for the fact that the, the aircraft, the pilot, cannot take over the plane quickly enough. Now, if that's any indication of what he was told by the um, the FAA or the, um, the investigators who looked into this, then it would indicate that it was on autopilot and uh, something happened and that that ultimately led to the crash. Now, I don't, I don't know that to be the case. I'm kind of reading between the lines here. He's the president. He is getting the best, most um, up-to-date information. So I'm going to assume that's the case, and then I'm going to apply my avionics knowledge to this, right? So I mean, I was—I uh, actually did work in that the avionics field for a while, um, specifically with electronics, right? So I, I suspect that he is doing exactly what he should be doing because my suspicion is he's following the recommendations of investigators. 
Um, and I, generally speaking, that's not a political part of our government. And we need to leave that unpoliticized because that's about engineers and that's about science. And, and you know, I don't want people arguing about whether it's a male or female plane. I want people who know engineering to be researching these uh, these accidents when they occur. And what they actually do is like they literally reconstruct these planes, right? They put them back together. They take all the pieces. They find them. They ship them to a warehouse. They tag them. And then they put the whole plane back together and basically figure out what went wrong. So my suspicion is that they now have some idea of what's gone wrong. I'm sure this investigation will actually take place over the next six to eight months, right? I mean, they, they may have some idea. They may have found the black box. They may have found some telemetry data and things like that. There still is going to be a lot of work that they need to do to investigate this. But at the same time, Trump called out Boeing and said, uh, or um, I think Boeing is the manufacturer, but he called out the manufacturer and said uh, that they need to have people fix this, which um, my suspicion is that he didn't come up with that on his own, that that was what the investigators told him, and that he then basically parroted that. So, um, and I think Trump is, <clears throat> I'm going to say that he's smart enough to know that he doesn't know anything about aircraft. So whatever he's saying, he's saying it because that's what people who do know about aircraft are telling him. And I think that's where, that's, that's where we're at. He may, he may color it a little bit or characterize it in a way that is uh, slightly humorous, however. He, he didn't, actually. It was uh, very well said. The decision announced by President Trump followed uh, determinations by safety regulations and regulators in some 42 countries to ban flights by the jets. The 737 MAX aircraft, Boeing, made by Boeing. So, you, you know... And, you know, and the thing to point out here is that even though they've had two failures in a very short period of time, um, these are still very safe airplanes. You're safer riding in one of these airplanes than you are riding in your car, unless you're driving a Tesla or the Tesla's driving you. But, I mean, these aircraft are generally safer than your vehicle. So, I, on the one hand, like, yeah, I'm glad they're doing something. On the other hand, like, is it overreaction? It, it may be, but at the same time, you know, in this, enti this industry is extremely safety conscious. The crash of Ethiopian air flight jet uh, flight 302 took place just minutes after takeoff. Wow. Mm. And uh, the circumstances in the October in, uh, incident, uh, operated by by Indon, an Indi Indonesian carrier, crashed and killed 189 people. So I mean, so these happened. One happened very well. Quick, now quickly. the other thing I'm going to point out is, did you see that those were in other nations? Yeah, those are not American crashes. Now here's the thing. Here's another thing that you you have to know about aircraft and specifically their maintenance schedules. They have insane maintenance schedules. There are some aircraft that you have to change the tires every time they land, right? Like that's that's kind of crazy. Like you know, you know for a fact you could do a hundred landings on those tires, and yet they mandate every time it lands you change that tire, put a brand new tire on there. Well, does that make any sense? And 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 probably I'm specifically referring to um, 
the kind of aircraft that land on an aircraft carrier. So we're talking, you know, fighter jets, things like that. And, th and those tires admittedly are smaller than like your big, huge tires that um, like a Boeing would use. Uh, 7, 737, 747. Um, but anyway, the point is they have these maintenance schedules and they're mandated. Now in the United States, we follow those maintenance schedules, right? And if you're going to fly an aircraft, you're going to um, be a an airline, then you're going to follow that maintenance schedule. And that may be one of the reasons why no American companies have had a crash yet. And yet the um, companies around the world may have. They may not have followed the maintenance schedule as it was laid out by by the manufacturer. So if that's the case, then you know you're probably looking at some kind of liability from those companies as well. But and I'm not I'm not saying that I know that was the case, but I'm saying that I know for a fact that uh, around the world the maintenance schedules are followed less strictly than they are in the United States. With the Ethiopian crash. <clears throat> The airline said that one of the two pilots on Sunday's flight reported flight control problems to air traffic controllers minutes before the plane crashed and told the controllers that he wanted to turn back to Bowl Airport in uh, Addis Arabia. The, uh, Ababa, the police, that the, sorry, the pilot was cleared to do so after th three minutes before contact was lost. So whatever happened, mm. it's... Wow, that's terrible. With with these fly with, with these fly by wire systems that we're working on right now, right? And, and and by fly by wire, what they mean is they took the wires out and they put electronics in. And I've I've never really really understood that um, that nomenclature, right? So fly by wire. What used to happen is they used to have like literally a cable system with pulleys and stuff like that and now fly by wire means uh they took the cables and pulleys out and they replaced it with electronics so but anyway yeah they, these fly by wire systems um people have been concerned about them as a matter of fact at one point um what was it the uh, the apaches i think it was the apaches uh they found that when they were flying in very close formation and one um uh, an Apache that was above, like directly above the other Apache, would hit the key on their HF radio. It would cause the Apache below them to go into a nosedive, which is a very scary thing if you're in an Apache, right? So they've they actually lost a couple of those uh, Apaches from that, and but that was um, EMF, and they've they've since really uh, gotten to the point. That's like why you can't have your cell phone on an aircraft, even though your cell phone's nowhere near as powerful as an HF radio was, and there's no way on earth that's going to cause that problem. But that's that's kind of why, right? Those those uh, fly-by-wire systems, and especially now they have digital fly-by-wire, right? So like instead of analog, it's digital. Mm. And if you have a, a truly digital system, there's really almost no chance that interference is going to actually cause uh, the correct kind of signal to go from uh, one piece to another piece to cause a control uh, mechanism to actually act up. Um, but we, we really don't know what happened with this yet. And obviously, the whatever the problem was, my suspicion is uh, there was it was electrical in nature. Uh, but some some component failed and they lost control and when and there was no backup right so like if this 
maybe there's <clears throat> maybe there's a little there's a failover or redundancy but there's no like if you lose electronic control you don't have a wire that you can pull on you don't have like you can't pull harder right like you see these old movies and it's like oh the the thing is stuck i'll pull really hard on it and it'll it'll work um because you maybe you lost your hydraulics but in this case if you lose the control then it's it's like it's not even there all is lost and i think perhaps that might be something for critical systems i think perhaps they should put a wire in there and make it redundant so you have an a manual system that backs up the digital system in case something goes wrong well i don't know that, that i mean that would be the same that would don't be get me wrong i i totally understand and even everything i've said kind of would lead you to that belief however i don't think that's going to be the case and they're not going to but they should in fact i think we're we're going forward with this uh in other words it's it's going to be we're not going backwards to manual and mechanical we're going forward to better digital and and more reliable and it, it ultimately we're going to get more reliable in fact again i'll mention that none of these have gone down in the united states right like none of them have failed here where we pay attention to the maintenance schedules okay well listen carefully uh-huh I believe that my solution is 100% foolproof. And well, I'll, it's not. Because I'll t- I'll, even a cable can break. I'll tell you why it's 100% foolproof. Because it offers true redundancy. And I'll tell you how it offers true redundancy. It is no different than the redundancy that you would have with a self-driving car that allows the owner-operator to take over or allows the computer system to take over, uh, allows an an analog system take over should something bad happen well here's this is exactly what that how would that be bad here's well okay first of all there's an engineering uh constraint right so you have a limited amount of space and you also have uh weight limitations so if you're saying okay now you have to put in the electronic system and you also have to put in the metal cable system you're, incre- you're doubling the weight of these systems. Well, at, the, at the very least, maybe even more, because the, the cable and mechanical metal pieces are going to weigh more than those electronic pieces. For criti- for, not for every system. Right. Just for, for the critical for ones. For controlling the ailerons, right? Yeah. I get it. Just just for the... Cri- maybe okay, for, okay, for engine speed. Because here's what happened. Here's what happened. Uh-huh. They said that the in the Ethiopian flight, they had control issues. Right, and then the guy said, "We need to turn back," and he tried, and he got permission to turn back. Then they lost contact, and so the, what that tells me is that had he been able to shut off the control quick enough, and then take and have a manual system, right? To so put he those had, people would still be alive. He had three minutes to do it. Well, like before they lost contact, so he might have happened before. But I mean, it just seems to me, I. Well, so you assume he had about three minutes, and if he had, if there was an action he could have taken, he would have saved the flight. I mean, I almost guarantee you that you're right on that. The problem is, we're it, it's just we're from an engineering perspective, that's not the way people are going to go. We're not going back. It, it's kind of like it, you know, you got to burn the ships. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, we've gotten to the new world. We're burning the ships. We're no longer going to deal with wooden ships. We're no longer going to deal with 
metal controls. We've got to move forward with this. And even if you have, like, it's really hard to integrate a manual control into a, whatchamacallit, uh, an electronically controlled system, right? Because I mean, imagine, for instance, if you will, that you have to have both mechanical and electrical hooked up. But at that point, you know, the the if the if they're out of alignment at all, they can start to conflict with each other. Like, say, you're pushing forward, and one system thinks that's, um, you know, three degrees, and the other system thinks that that's five degrees. Well, now you've got basically a, a fight between your manual and electrical controls. You don't, you don't really want that. What you want are electronic controls that actually work 100% of the time and are replaced on the appropriate schedule. There's not much I can say about that because I'm totally a novice. <laughs> I can't speak to that at all. All I can say is that's tragic and uh, I can see this type of thing happening with the electric car. With the with the self-driving vehicles, I can see that that will well now let's eventually say, be a problem. At some point, I'm sure it will be a problem. But you see, here's the thing: there's a couple of things that people have said about self-driving cars. Right? One is, see, we already have drive-by-wire cars. Don't kid yourself. And in fact, you remember this whole thing with like the sticking accelerators that was happening in the Toyotas a while back. Um. They were trying to tell us that it was the foot, uh, or the uh, what we call it, the floor mats, or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know that that was really the case, but at the same time, they couldn't they couldn't identify any electrical cause. But here's the thing: they did make some changes, and really, this is the important change, right? If a human being takes an action and this is what everybody this is what all engineers agree with except maybe a couple of car engineers but if a human being takes an action in an automobile it shuts off the cruise control it shuts off the automatic driving it shuts off you know like if you've got the uh if you hit the brake pedal it shuts off the the gas or the accelerator if you take an action as a human being it shuts off the ai that's driving that is what we all agree needs to happen and and that is the way to get us from where we are to where we need to be because at some point we know that cars are going to drive so much better than people cars are going to be a lot less prone to error they're not emotional uh they don't get fooled by the situation as easily they do occasionally get fooled by the situa situation but people actually get fooled by the situation a lot more than uh, than an ai will right so like people don't always necessarily know how to turn into a skid and things like that the ai will know how to do that and will basically be able to save your life when you're not smart enough to do it um and i think that's great but we need to get from here to there and that's that's the question is how do you get from where everybody's used to driving their own vehicle to the point where it's like iRobot where Will Smith is yelled at for taking manual control over his vehicle at 200 miles an hour. That's very interesting. Yeah. How long before we have self-driving cars? Um, I'm thinking <laughs> uh, the truth is that we do have self-driving cars. The question is how long until the legislature... Into production. Yeah, yeah. Teslas do it. 
I'm saying the question is not how long will it take for the technology to get there because the technology is there. The question is how long is it going to take for the legislature to get there? Because the only reason we don't have self-driving cars in Florida is because there's a law in the books that says you have to have a human drive a car. Okay. So how long? Ask your local legislature. I don't I don't know the answer to that. If it was a technical question, I might be able to tell you. How long before it becomes it becomes common in all vehicles? Well, actually in all production vehicles. That's a great question because there's there's um all my questions are great. How dare you, sir? That's a particularly good one because there's aftermarket mods that are going to be available in the next six to six months to a year for like not all vehicles but all of the major manufactured like the major most common manufactured vehicles could you imagine if you could go back to a 1970 chevelle and make that a <laughs> self-driving well uh, do, even with older vehicles you could uh, you could have a kit that you could make them self-driving wouldn't that be awesome that would be interesting, but uh, I'll tell you this. The technology that's going to come online in the next year or so won't do that. And the reason for it is because it's going to take you, it's going to make use of your smartphone and a USB interface to your car's already existing drive-by-wire system, right? It's going to basically just take over the car, and then it's going to have the ability, you're going to have the, whatchamacallit, um, the cell phone itself will be able to see things and then also the um uh the road uh there will there some cars have sensors so you, you have that ability as well yeah so basically that's what it's going to take advantage of it's going to take advantage of it's the you know the cell phone and the sensors on the vehicle that's going to be exciting what a great time to be alive this is james bond it'll be really exciting when and here's here's a little inside baseball for you operating systems have pauses now we don't normally notice them right because like maybe your computer freezes up for a second and and you know the mouse doesn't move or you get the little circle you know the little macintosh circle or whatnot your phone has the same problem now there are operating systems that don't have that problem right um i can't remember what it's called like activex or something like that and basically these are operating systems that like missiles use and you know how missiles, uh, and, and I know this from you know my time in various uh, manufacturing and logistical roles in various companies, right? Yeah. So um, missiles have to hit their target, and when they when they're trying to hit their target, they can't have the operating system freeze up and not understand the input that's being received from the sensors. Because if you freeze up even for a few seconds, what'll happen is you'll miss your mark, right? Like yeah. so you'll overfly or whatever. So um, what I'm a little concerned about is that the operating system is not dedicated to the application. Mm. So let's imagine for a second that you get some kind of a text or an incoming call. And then all of a sudden it crashes your car. Well, I hate this. I hate. I really do hate the cell phone idea. I didn't mention <laughs> that, but I can see a whole bunch of problems with that. Right. Well, I mean, and and that is really the problem, right? Is the the so it's gonna. I mean, I think it'll probably work 
well enough at first, but at some point we're going to realize that there are, there are definitely problems with not having a dedicated system to do the self-driving situation. So maybe they'll come out with a tablet that like instead of you having a cell phone, they'll say, okay, you have to buy our $200-$800 tablet and then that can interface with your vehicle and we're going to rewrite the operating system and we're going to shut off all the uh, wireless stuff so that like, it won't be accessible from outside. It's going to be like a tablet that you have to hardwire into your vehicle. That would be the safest thing. And, and, and think about this for the CIA is always looking for ways to assassinate people. What if they figured out a way to tap into your phone and make you crash? And all of a sudden the CIA doesn't like you and all of a sudden you just find yourself running off a cliff. Well, I have to say, I can see that happening already. I'm not really thinking the CIA. I mean, you know, but somebody. Or maybe uh, some kind of a dark operation. Mm. I say CIA because they're, they're an easy target. You know, they're, they're, they're easy to, to talk about as far as assassinations go. Because, I mean, if, if America wanted to assassinate somebody, it'd be the CIA. Like, if the president wants to assassinate somebody, he's going to go talk to the CIA. That's just how I think it would work. Anyway, well, I, uh, Tesla's way ahead of the game. They're they're the best system at this point. Um, I want a Tesla. I think they're amazing, and quite frankly, um, all of the criticism I've seen of Elon has been just you know people who don't understand technology, people who don't understand you know whatever. Um, He's doing a great job at what he's doing. He, he are, you know, there are rumbling, rumblings to oust him. Uh, yeah, there have been um, ever since he... There have been actually even before he spoke the joint on Joe Rogan's show. But then after that, like a lot of people were like really upset. Um, it died down and there are less rumblings now. The thing is, I think he owns a majority of his company. So I don't think that they're going to have a really good shot at it. But, um, you know, they could try. It's there. There. Okay. Now, there's something. That, I don't know. You know this, but some of the Teslas are creaking and rattling when they drive. Well, that's interesting. They're getting older. Yeah. You would expect a little bit of creaking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that it's it's solvable. So you just have to figure out, you know, where the problem is and fix it. And you got to realize at this point they're still under warranty, so. And you can't test drive them. Hmm. That's a problem. It's not entirely true. You can test drive. And Tesla doesn't allow you to to uh, haggle. That's true because you're custom ordering a car. So here's the thing. Tesla has a program for test driving. And that program is people who have Teslas and just want to basically evangelize for Tesla will bring their car to the, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, the, the dealership or whatever. They will let somebody test drive it. And then when that person decides to buy a car, like that person gets a little bit of a reward, part of the, part of the money. So I think um, it's, a, it's a great program because people want to participate. I know people who have Teslas, like in, in multiple Teslas, right? And they love that program and they 
you know, constantly go out there and they try to help other people realize how great Teslas are. They've been, I mean, I, I've got one friend who's been posting on this for longer than I've been a fan of Tesla, right? And you got to realize at one point, I didn't realize, I didn't understand what Tesla was and how awesome it was, right? I thought it was just, oh, it's another electric car. It's another green mobile. It's another piece of junk that I'm not going to want. It's going to break down because the batteries aren't going to be as good as like an engine. And I was wrong about all that, right? I mean, I now realize that the Tesla is the, it basically it's what cars could be. <clears throat> it's what cars should be. And it's what Detroit should have given us, you know, 20 years ago, but they decided they wanted to stick with their model of a, a gas powered car. And don't get me wrong, I don't have a problem with gas-powered cars. I don't love gasoline as far as um, a, an energy source. But you get to realize that Tesla is, Tesla is like driving a spaceship. I mean, it really is just that amazing, that much more advanced. The acceleration is incredible. I mean, I got to drive... Uh, it, was a, it was a Model S, I believe. It was like the year before they made it super awesome. Um, so the, like my, my friend who has the Tesla, um, he didn't let me test drive his car, right? Because that would be ridiculous, but he had to take his in one day <laughs> and he got a loner. So he came to pick me up and I looked at this as like, Oh, it's a loner, huh? And he's like, yeah, I guess that means I get to drive. And he's like, yep, that's exactly what that means. So I get to drive the loner, which was like a, a year, um, a year older than his and it wasn't as good but it was still the best vehicle i've ever driven come on I, no i'm dead serious the best the absolutely hands down the best even if there are other cars that i have not driven but i've maybe seen them or been close enough to feel like if i i would understand how it would drive or whatever i mean like nothing comes close to this this is there's nothing in the world that comes close to a tesla <coughs> So it's, it's the best vehicle out there. And I'm not saying it because it's green or because it's electric. I mean, that I, I, I kind of still feel like they haven't got the charging thing figured out. Don't get me wrong. They've made great strides in charging, but it's still, you know, like a half an hour to get um, enough charge to drive um, a certain amount of distance. Like, and you, you need to spend another half an hour to get another four hours of driving. Now this is this is the fast charge, and that's great. That's really a lot better than it used to be, right? Like you don't have to let it uh, charge up overnight every night to get, you know, 300 miles of distance. Yeah, that's that's true. But if you you can't really take a cross country trip, I mean, you can technically, but you really have to plan it out. You have to map it out and make sure you hit all the stops, and you have to make sure you charge for long enough before you leave. So I mean, it's not perfect. Um, I think at some point they're going to get the fast charging. They're going to figure out how to charge this thing up in about five to ten minutes so it'll have a full charge. When that happens, I think they're going to use capacitors to do it, by the way. When that happens, it'll be worth doing. It'll be worth driving the vehicle. and uh, or, or I should say, when that happens, it will no longer... There will no longer be any advantage to having a gas-powered vehicle when they get the charging up to that point. But mm. they've got to get the charging up to that point. It, it's going to be high-powered charge uh, across capacitors. 
that have um, high resistance to discharge, uh, you know, incorrectly, that kind of thing. I mean, but uh, it's not inconceivable. It, it's actually very conceivable and it's very doable. Of course, you do have to also look at the more that you charge these up, the better the chance is that you're going to have a catastrophic kind of situation when you accidentally discharge. Like, let's say a spike goes through all those batteries. I've already seen what happens to, like, one Tesla battery fully charged when you hit it with a hammer. It it goes off like a rocket. I mean, it basically blows up. It... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you would expect that because the energy density there has to be comparable to gasoline in order for this to work. For the technology to work, the energy density has to be comparable to gasoline. Now, energy density is basically the um, the key to explosions as well, right? So, like, if you look at um, the energy density of something like C4, you know, that, that has a high energy, energy density. It's very stable. Um, but if you if it blows up, if you do reach that activation energy that's required to trigger uh, a reaction, it will explode. And the same thing is true of gasoline, and the same thing is going to be true of the batteries or the capacitors or whatever we use to charge or hold our charge for electric cars. So uh, it's it's not it's not like it's really that different than what's going on now. It's just that you have to make sure that the new technology, and especially with new technology. You have to make sure that it's not really dangerous or more dangerous than the current technology. And that's really, um, that's always been something of a, uh, a challenge, right? So even, even we know, you know, back in the, in the days of Ford Volvo or what was it? Uh, Nova's right. You know, they, they exploded and Ford said, well, you know, how much are they really going to take from us? Um, and we found out there's going to be quite a bit. So <laughs> I think that uh, Tesla, though, has a really great track record right now. They really haven't said, oh, we're we're going to. Um, they haven't allowed any slippage in the manufacturing of quality. Right. So the quality has it, they have pushed for quality. They have maintained quality. And as long as they keep doing that, I think they're going to be the car to have for the foreseeable future. I and, hope so. And now they're affordable. Define affordable. Like $30,000. The Model 3. That's yeah. a nice one, though. Well, I mean, you're right. It's not for the sports car. It's not for the, the super luxury car. But they're still extremely nice. Okay? I mean, you just you have to drive one. You have to, you know, go over there, make yourself uh, uh, an appointment to have somebody come and let you test drive their Model 3. I mean, you will find out that it is... Uh, super nice car. It's better than any of the other cars. I mean, it, here's the thing. I haven't test driven a Model 3, so I got to kind of put that out there. But I know Tesla now, and I know that that is going to be an awesome car. And I've actually seen them. Uh, I I drag raced with one of those. I said, hey, you want to... Uh, I found a guy. He had, um, whatchamacallit, a temporary tag on his car. And I rolled down my window and honked at him and said, hey, what's up? And he's like... Um, and so he told me that that was the Model 3 that he was driving. And I said, hey, you want you want to race? And he's like, uh, sure, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, you'll beat me, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, 
I drive, obviously, a gas-powered vehicle, right? So, I mean, it's a nice one. It's got a, I got a V6, you yeah, know, yeah, and a yeah. crossover and all that kind of stuff. I get the the, uh, the hatch that opens the back. Man, Ooh, I feel like this thing is is the Flintstone car now. I mean, I'm, I I wanted this car. I saved up for this car. And now, now I know that it's really just a rock it's that rolls rock. around on the ground. It's yeah. a good no, car, it's a, it's a rock oh, that rolls on the ground. Anyway, so You're comparing it to a hovercraft, you can't do that. Well, no, I mean, I really want that when when Tesla comes out with the hovercraft, that's the one I'm gonna want, right? Yeah. The one that that hovers above the ground doesn't need wheels. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, that uh. that's what I'm looking for. You know, uh, I've said enough times that the only way to solve the traffic congestion congestion problem that we have in the United States is three dimensions. And at least at first, the first couple of people that get to go to three dimensions, they're going to have so much freedom. But then, of course, you'll have some regulation kick in as, you know, more people get to it. You'll have to have, like, specific directions at specific altitudes. You'll have to have, like, methods of merging into three-dimensional traffic and, you know, general speeds and so forth. So there's there's going to be stuff that happens at some point. But, I mean, the, initially, it is going to be just pure freedom when we figure out how to get flying cars. We actually, I think we already have a few flying cars though. Yeah, there's some, um, but they're not really in production. And that's, I, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, you know what I did see the other day? There's a, uh, basically a drone that you can sit in and it has something like tw- somewhere between 12 and 24 propellers. And <clears throat> yeah, you can just, you can just fly it, right? The thing will fly and it's uh, gravitically stable, right? So like you you sit in it and it, it hangs down from the propellers and then you basically just use joysticks to move it along. So in the same way that you use, you know, your joystick on like a regular drone and one will be like forward, back, left, right and the other one will be turn, left, turn, right. Um, and, and that's really, I think, the way that the... Um, Helicopters do it, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the way helicopters do it, and that's why that uh, control style evolved. It basically came out about through helicopters, and then when they came up with drones, they said, well, this is a pretty decent way of uh, controlling this aircraft. And you can't really do, like, flips and tricks with your drone at this point, but, you know, maybe someday. But it's uh, it's really a great... Um, whatchamacallit... It's a great aircraft well i mean wow it's uh, this startup's new passenger drone is like a flight simulator simulator that you can ride in <clears throat> yeah now that's not even the one that i saw previously that's it's a nice one well now that what's really interesting about that is that has four wheels and it has the propellers and it looks like ooh, how many arms, and then each arm branches out to two propellers. Wow. That's that's something. So that one has 12, 12 propellers total. Because it has six arms, and each arm branches out to two. Um, and the one I was looking at has, uh, has the arms, has the branches, and then also has like a, a metal frame around the circumference, and then it has uh, propellers in the middle as well. So it has... Uh, 
probably 18 total propellers if I'm if I'm doing my math right yeah so um, but anyway that's that's a really good one so I think I mean I, I think that the, the future is looking really bright plus we got to go to other planets we got to figure out FTL sometime you know yeah, and then there's some. I want to do a show on that because there's some ideas that I have that I think you might find compelling. <laughs> I know that's a joke of some type. It's build up for. Uh... Oh wait, that's the one right there. Go back down. Yeah, wh- click on that. Which this one? Yeah, yeah. For those of us listening, uh, yes. See. So actually, it doesn't look like it has a frame around it, but it it does have three propellers on each arm. And ooh, this is a, a video of a guy flying it. Wow! I, it, well, no one can see that, but okay. So we're looking at a. It's. <clears throat> I. This is what I would want. I have to tell you uh-huh. that I would love. To get my hands <laughs> on one of these. It's a that nice. That is my dream. Now, I'll tell you about this one. Uh, this one has a feature that I've been saying that flying cars are going to have to have for a long time. And that is a ballistic launched recovery chute. And what that means is that if you, are, you find yourself in trouble, you can pull a lever and it lights a rocket that flies away pulling a cord that extends a parachute and deploys that parachute in less than a second. Now, if you're falling, deployment time on your parachute is paramount. It is like one of the most important pieces of this thing. I read I read something on this one back when I was working in the avionics industry. That's right. The, wait, let me interrupt you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely it is. <laughs> If you're if you're falling, if you've lost control of your aircraft, the most important thing is that your chute deploys as quickly as possible, because uh, you know if you don't have a ballistic deployed chute, what'll happen is that it'll kind of meander, and it'll kind of slowly pull back, and you're waiting for wind speed to to pull it out, and you might be falling while you know you're accelerating downward as that wind speed is picking up. And you might hit the ground before that chute can even deploy. In some cases, like if you're if you're at 200 feet, which is not an um, an an, uh, an unusual altitude for an ultralight, right? There's a good chance that if your chute is not ballistic deployed, you won't make it. The ballistic deployed recovery chutes have, um, in accidents, in in situations where they've had to be deployed have been extremely effective. And they have, uh, I, I don't know what the statistics are at the moment, but uh, they have dropped the uh, death rate for those kinds of accidents greatly. And there's actually, like, you can get these for, you know, small, uh, what is it, uh, Cessnas and, and things like that. Yeah. There's uh, Most of your small aircraft at this point have these ballistic recovery launch, or ballistic launch recover, recovery shoots. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big revolution inside of the, uh, the aviation world. So, uh, it's really important. And I think that this is going to become something that everybody knows and cares about, um, as we start to get into the flying car arena. Right. So, um, I was really, I was actually really excited when I saw that that had it. Cause it's the first 
flying like civilian thing that had the ballistic recovery chute that I that I saw where it was actually specifically mentioned and it's you know something I've been looking for for a while because really that's one of the safety mechanisms that we have to have in order for this whole thing to take off um, no pun intended there's a company uh, in China and yeah. uh, that are now flying people around in autonomous drones and they've made 40 such flights since 2015 mm -hmm. and the company is Ehang and it says it, it, it has its first managed to carry passengers in its drones back in 2015 and has since rank, racked up at least 40 successful journeys it hadn't shared footage of the flights publicly until this week it's, the video suggests that Chinese startup is ahead of companies in the U.S. and Europe in the push to develop a new generation of aircraft that could potentially ferry people across cities from one rooftop to another. <clears throat> this is happening. Yeah, it's happening. And I, I saw that too. That was, um, I saw that article, I think this same article that you're looking at um, a couple of months ago. When did that come out? I... Not short CNN business, and I believe it came out uh, Tuesday, eighteen February eighth, a year ago. Yeah, more than a year ago. I am so amazed. Mm -hmm. What a great time to be alive! I mean, this is happening now. Right, right. This is science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> this is this literally, is, this that's, is literally science fiction. That's true. It is basically science fiction happening right in our lifetime. I mean, it's it's. Automated drones flying people from place to place. I that's that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it it is. It's um I, I mean I think you know what for me though, like I can't wait to see this come fast. I can't wait. Uh I'm impatient. I want to see it happen now. I want it literally to be everywhere now. And one of the main uh, problems or main obstacles that these companies are facing is legislation. Oddly enough, uh, you know, you can't fly, you can't fly in certain areas in the country, right? Because obviously, yeah, they don't want drones getting in the way of big aircraft. Um, they, you, you really can't drive an aircraft without a pilot's license. You need a license um, for almost everything. And, and even if so for like ultralights, I think maybe you don't need a license, but the aircraft itself needs a license, right? So like that's um, an obstacle and the FAA is not looking kindly upon these kinds of uh, endeavors. So we, we really need a change in the way that the government is looking at this in order to really facilitate this to start happening. We could be living in the age of the Jetsons here in uh, a, you know a decade or two, but it won't happen well, it won't happen if uh, government doesn't allow it to happen. And it also won't happen if uh, Ocasio-Cortez gets her way. But... Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, she... See, here's the thing we got to realize about um, flight. It is not efficient. Energy-wise, energy it is actually an inefficient use of energy. Rolling along the ground is a much more efficient use of energy. But... It is much more fun to fly. So, and also quicker, right? So there's there's a lot of economic activity in the United States that is based on speed. Yeah. If you can do something faster, you'll make more money, right? So like the idea is, 
hey, listen, if you can get to work in five minutes instead of an hour, you're going to have, uh, you'll be less tired. You'll have more time to spend with your kids, more time to spend with your wife, you know, or your husband, um, that kind of thing. Like, and, and, and the, the slowing down the rate artificially, the way the government does, yeah, causes a problem, like, you know, causes a uh Tamping down of economic activity. We, we, well, I can think about so many, so many things that the government has has stifled. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, we have the worst cell phone system in the in the world. One of the worst. Uh, the third. I was under the impression that we had one of the best. No. Have you? No. Have you? We have less. We have less. So the cell phones effect. in the Congo were much better than the uh, ones we I'm have. I'm talking about as far as the, the progress, progressive nations. <laughs> we have seriously. We uh, the because of the lobby that our we don't have five G yet. Our technology is behind uh-huh. a lot of uh, countries like Korea, okay. North Korea, South Korea. Our technology is behind them, behind Europe and some of the European countries because of the the the. Uh, the, the 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 lobby that the companies have, so they give us. We we Americans have the least quality cell phones. You, you, did you say North Korea? Yeah, North Korea has a better cell phone system than we have. Oh golly, yes. No. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I yeah. do not. I we do have not. The, America has. Believe it. Okay. Let for me, a second. Okay. Wow. North Korea is a dictatorship. You mean South Korea, don't you? North Korea is the dictatorship where they're not even allowed to have cell phones and they're not allowed to like download things and and they don't have an internet I mean there's no way North Korea is the one that you're talking about Vietnam maybe Japan has a great system of technology I mean they they have uh, been keeping on top of things in Japan um, there are certain places in China where they have super great technology but not across the whole country and then um, there are Maybe South Korea, maybe South Korea, because they're a very densely populated peninsula. So I could see that, you know, being a really great opportunity. But here's the thing, like in the United States, we have a much more dispersed population. So if you look at the whole, like basically companies in the United States aren't looking at just like we need to get really fast Internet in like a very small area. They're looking at, OK, we need to get coverage across the whole nation. So we've got basically 4G coverage from sea to shining sea, right? That's what we have in the United States. And maybe it's not the 5G, but at the same time, it's much, it's a much wider coverage area. And I think that that is, um, there's, there's a trade-off there. So we've got more coverage area for less speed, but I, I don't think that, um, I don't think that the phone companies really are, to blame for this although i do i would really like to see uh, a 5g evolution plan where they say okay well let's take the most densely populated areas now and the one of the reasons i say that is because we happen to live in the 13th most densely populated uh market so we happen to be somewhat spoiled i mean we don't have like new york density right they're the number one i think and then there's uh places in california like los angeles where they have like they have the number two and three markets um but we are 13 on the list and so we would get the same kind of technology if they decided to say okay we're gonna we're gonna really start pushing this really super fast stuff in these densely populated areas we would see it first or 
13th, maybe. You poor man. Okay. 4G LTE download speeds <clears throat> by country. <clears throat> okay. Spain, number one. Again, they're super small. Finland. So they don't have to... That, that, that technology... Well, let me just say this before. The technology is expensive. If you're doing it in a very small, compact area, great, awesome. But... And, and then if you say, like, America, let's let's average America in. And there's still 3G towers out in the middle of nowhere somewhere that they're going to average into us. But go ahead and, and, and let me read. blaspheme my country again. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Finland. Uh-huh. Denmark. Right. South Korea. Okay. There you go. South Korea. Yeah. Hungary. I am hungry. Norman. Norway. Uh-huh. France. Sure. Poland. Yeah. Italy. Okay. Again, Argentina. So uh huh. Switzerland. Right, right. Super small. Taiwan. Itty bitty. Netherlands. Uh huh. Australia. And a little bit larger, but I'll Canada. bet I'll bet you they don't have coverage in the bush. Canada, thirteen percent. Canada, Germany, Colombia, UK. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hong Kong, it, a, a city. The, Hong Kong, the most densely populated city in the world, is what like tenth on the list, or twelfth, or thirteenth? Oh gosh, there's more. Okay, go ahead. Malaysia, Brazil, Russia has faster download speeds <laughs> than we do. And okay. Okay, wait. There's more. But not all over Siberia. Okay. But, but, uh, how what's your Japan. what's your download speed in the Gulag Archipelago? Japan. I knew Japan, the but I'm surprised Fili they're so far down the, the list. Philippines. And after <clears throat> the Philippines is USA. Okay, but listen. Then after USA is Mexico, and then <clears throat> Kuwait, and then Saudi Arabia. Okay. I am going to take major issue with this because some places like the Philippines, like, okay, you're not going to have that out in the, the Russia undeveloped areas. 9.63. But USA I just said, like, 6.82. What's your download speed in Siberia? Russia. If has you averaged in the zeros. I'm sure they did that. Russia, no, they did not. Yes, they do. It says. If they. It says. For reference, U.S. networks were only able to provide 4G about 77% of the time. This average country rates also widely, widely vary by carrier. For example, Spain had the fastest single network, but also had one of the slower networks. In so they're talking about so it's it's across the whole country across different networks. But the average country rates. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, well, that all may be true. What they're not doing is they're not averaging in the uncovered area. So, in other words, if you go to Siberia, they are I are averaging the uncovered area. I didn't hear they, that. They, uh, they didn't say they weren't. Okay, you can't assume that they're not. It's okay. I'm Keep assuming. I'm assuming they're not because it's not a data point. You see. Okay. So here's the thing: if you okay. if you if you connect if you look at the data points that they're gonna have. It's going to all be existing networks and so forth. But I guarantee you that Russia does not have literally a sea to shining sea or uh, gulag to shining gulag uh, 
carrier system that's going to give you coverage across all of Siberia and all of Russia, right? So that doesn't exist. What they're saying is basically in Moscow, that's what your speed is. In Moscow, your speed is better than in all uh, than the average of all of the places in the United States. And I'm going to point out that um, that they tested places like the middle of the country, where you know maybe you're. You do not know that. I I uh, like me, and I can respect that. You are saying you need to see their work. I will never I, argue with you I'm about not, that. I'm not saying that... You need to see their work. Yes. You need to see who they tested, how what was their testing But also, limits. I know how uh, math works, right? I mean, how averages work. Yeah. So you're, they're not averaging in a zero they are. for... It says that they're averaging the lowest and the highest. And no, say, no, no. But the lowest isn't a zero. They, in other words, that's not a zero. They, I'm saying the uncovered area, they're not averaging that in. You do not know that. You, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But I'm. Well, just, I'm. I'm assuming they aren't because they didn't. They basically ignored that point. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm going to simply say that, nonetheless. Listen. This is all envy based, right? This is saying like America's not the best. America's not the greatest. But the truth is, America probably has the highest speeds in populated areas or or one of the higher speeds no it doesn't populated areas no it doesn't no no i'm saying in in, when i say populated i mean densely populated like new york city uh los angeles no here it doesn't spain i'm giving you cut once again yeah they have one of the fastest networks no no it's 18.24 4g lte download speeds by country 18.24 MBPCs. P.S. U.S. I've I've known this. U.S. USA has six point eight two. Right, right, right. Couple, all, all I'm saying is that it's not because the technology isn't there. It's because of the lobby, sir. It's because they, it's cheaper for them to sell us an expensive service, eight hundred dollar, thousand dollar phones with cheap service. With a low browse server that and, and not upgrade their networks to support what other countries have. Even countries that we consider kind of third world. Philippines has better uh, rates than ours. What and we was, consider them third world. What was your top speed there? Top speed was Spain at 18.24 M- Mbps. Uh, it's megabits per second. Yeah. Okay. You know what my download speed is right here? Yeah. Uh, 55.2. On. And I'm doing my upload test right now, and I'm about to get my upload test. And this is on my mobile phone that I'm doing this. 55.2 download, 73.6 upload here in America. Okay, now, once right, again. Right, again, it's, I know, I understand that's an average, but what I'm saying is we have coverage, even if it's poor coverage, in, in almost every part of the country. So when you do an average, our poor coverage is actually making us look worse than a country like Russia, where I guarantee they don't have coverage in Siberia and in many of the frozen parts of the tundra, and yet, but they have it in, you know, their speed is concentrated in the populated areas. We actually have coverage almost everywhere, and our actual speed is, like, really super awesome. So, I mean, you know, you you can say whatever you want about averages but i mean just i i would rather be here than 
Siberia. That was not the conversation. No, I don't the know. Conversation. That was their conversation. The, that was their subtext. No, the subtext. America is not the best. That's what they're trying to tell us. <sighs> and I'm not saying we have to be the best. I'm just saying, I, like, I we're better to, than they've listed I, us. Okay. You know, I I don't know. I'm just reading the data, man. I just, and I've always You're, believed <laughs> that we, and I, I just, I've always believed that we are being shortchanged because of the lobby, man. I believe that they give us less service for <laughs> more dollars. You know what, though? We, I don't think so because they're giving us, um, we have, we have options. Like right now, I'm with uh, AT&T, right? I could choose T-Mobile or Sprint or Verizon. There are options if I wanted them. That is true. Okay, so, I mean, I don't have, I'm not stuck with anything. And I actually, quite frankly, what I just did, what I just proved here, like I remember when I used to do this test on a, you know, like a iPhone 4 or whatever, and it was like three up and five down, uh, three, one up and five down and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it has gotten a lot better. Are you using Wi-Fi or are you using the network? I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> there you go. Because David has special Wi-Fi in his home because of his company. So, I, you know, I'm just saying. I, <laughs> you know, I was going to let you go on and on. <laughs> as if I do not remember. But, sir, I do remember. Hold on. I, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, see. You want me to shut off d- that network? D- David and- has a – because he does – he works – because he, he in the studio, I'm he a, also does some other work. Software so, consultant. Is a, a software consultant, so he has to have a special dedicated <laughs> line that has a certain amount of, so he can help clients. So let's get off of the dedicated network and go to the real server. Oh, See, this is going to be bad for you, Lou. Uh, tell, <laughs> t- tell me. I don't get uh, I'm at I'm at 43 right now. Go on. Uh, and this is with 44.7 without my network. Okay, good. good, good. Uh, so but you know what? Good. Okay, but the upload speed is going to suffer because I have uh, 100 up, 100 down here in my house. Yeah. But yeah. that is not standard, right? So. So did you pay? Did you pay extra for your for your speed, sir? I I don't pay extra for the phone speed. Phone. So, yeah. uh, but okay, I, I do pay okay. plenty for the um the I have fiber, right? So like, yeah. Okay, so I will say uh, I'll say this. Um, I turned it off. And my upload speed was really what suffered, but I still have 44.7 megabits per second download speed, right? That's AT&T. And then um, I actually have four megabits upload, um, which is pretty standard, but I gotta say, I don't upload from my phone that often. You know, if I'm gonna do an upload, I'm gonna do it from one of these computers and it's gonna be on the network. So I'm not worried about that. Okay, okay. Well, that's our time. I mean, I, we could talk about this. This is going to be another show. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You caught me. <laughs> as usual. But but you weren't far off. I'll give you that. You were not far off. Yeah. But, but as usual, uh, enjoy your life. Spend time with a friend. Go out and have the best week of your life. And next time you listen, listen with a friend. <laughs> Signing off. Uh, see you later. Trending Insurrection.